Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is EJ and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Paranet Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and more. We will be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and grow personally in your journey as parents. Teenagers are growing in all sorts of ways as they hit puberty. They experience new emotions and feelings and their adolescent brains are heavily led by the emotional side of their brain, the amygdala. Because the rational area of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, is still developing. How does this influence the way they respond, interact and communicate with us? Today, we are here to learn that what a teenager says to us as parents may not be what a teenager really means or wants. We want to talk a bit more about how teens may be learning to express themselves in their teenage years and how to better relate and understand them. Joining me for today's podcast is Gerald Boone, a dad of two and also a dedicated mentor and coach of youths and young adults. His work includes facilitating meaningful conversations between parents and teens on crucial topics with the aim of bringing both generations closer together. So welcome to the Paranet Podcast, Gerald. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, EJ. Thank you for having me on the podcast. You're welcome. It's so great to have you on the show with us. Well, would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself and help us to get to know your family better too? What you have just mentioned, uh, introduction was very humbling. I would say that uh, for the past 15 years, I've been involved in uh, youth work and young adults work. Of course, married to one wife and I have two wonderful children, love them a lot. And it is through parenthood, being a father, that I learn more about young people. And hence, maybe I can uh, share a little bit today. Great. I'm sure all of us are looking forward to hear more from you, your experience and your learning you know, as a parent uh, with your teenage children. So in the tussle for control and freedom during the teenage years, there can be a lot of potential miscommunication and misunderstanding between parents and our children. Teenagers can appear angsty, you know, say things that sound rude or be unwilling to express themselves to us parents. As parents, we also find ourselves not really knowing why our teenagers are behaving this way, getting angry or so reactive, and at times even showing attitude towards us. Mm. So Gerald, have you faced such similar situations before with your children? And how did you manage to overcome or bridge such communication gaps? I think I don't just draw from my own experience with my own kids. And uh, I will probably think about my past 15 years talking to young people. I think the first thing that we should really look at is managing ourselves first. Because it is through the adult's ego and our insecurities when we face such kind of communication tension that we are unable to have insight or maybe even to be able to have a deeper conversation to know what these young people are trying to mean or express. And then uh, in the end, it leads to conflicts and tension. So I guess the first thing that I would say is that uh, I 
I try to check in with myself first before moving forward in the conversation. Thanks, Gerald. As you have rightfully mentioned, it's important to check in with ourselves and how we are feeling. Mm. And I believe recently you had a very interesting story to share with us, you know, about an episode that you went through with your daughter as well, and you found out a little bit more about yourself and found out a little bit more about your daughter as well. Would you mind sharing it with us? So EJ, what happened was that uh, one night during dinner at the dinner table, my wife asked my daughter if she has uh, drank any water for the day. And you know, it sounds very trivial, but actually we all know as parents, a lot of our kids don't take care of themselves. So that night, my wife wanted to check in with her. But upon that question, my daughter gave a very rude response and attitude at the table. And uh, it just threw us off the table and, you know, and it was not acceptable. Lah. In the end, uh, she didn't finish her dinner and she went uh, to her room. So that night we were having uh, duck rice. And also we are Singaporeans, we will know this food, duck rice and tofu, right? And uh, once my daughter went into the room, I was just discussing my wife and we were very angry. We were like, why, why is this girl like this? But um, as I looked at her dinner, which she didn't finish, there was actually a formation of a word by the food with the word sorry. And that caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, wow, my daughter was trying to uh, communicate with the both of us through food. I mean, we were half laughing, you know, quietly, of course, but at the same time, worried and concerned, how do we further communicate with her? Long story short, I actually went in the room to look for her and talk to her. That was when I actually mentioned that I saw what she formed with her food and I acknowledge it, I recognize it, I verbalize it, and I also told her that I understand that she was trying to communicate with us her apology. I didn't scold her, and it was after when I said all this, she broke down and she cried. And she mentioned that she's trying very hard to manage herself as a young girl. So I left that night with some lessons learned. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my story for, for what has happened. Well, it's so interesting because I can relate to this as a parent myself that, uh, you know, if such a situation happened, I would be so flat out and caught up with the behavior of uh, my child, right? Uh, stomping off into the room and not addressing the issue. But it took such an insight from you, you know, just to stand out at the foot. I think none of us would have noticed that. And that led to revelations for yourself and your wife as parents and then furthering the conversation with your daughter. Maybe you could share with us, you mentioned that you left that situation and there were some learnings and takeaways. Share with us, what do you learn? Maybe more about, whether it's about yourself or about your daughter too. First of all, as I look back in retrospect, the undergirding thought in my heart is that actually I don't want to lose my daughter. It's a very simple dinner table uh, experience, but then we have a long way to go. Me as the father, my wife as the mother, and she as our daughter. As I look back, as I think about it, the key thing was that I didn't want to lose her. And because of that, that sparked me to kind of like bring myself to take a step back. We all grew up in this Asian culture. I'm Gen X. I'm very proud of it, but as a Gen X, uh, we live in this Asian culture where our parents never gave us space. What they say, one, we cannot say two. When they ask us to do something, we don't question. In a scenario like this, I doubt my parents will take a step back. 
that is my daughter's grandparents. So the insight that I get is that I don't want to lose her. And uh, because of that, I was able to take a step back lah, and have that insight to communicate to her what my observation is. So basically, I verbalized my empathy. It was a bullseye in a sense because she broke down. So I guess that turns out well. Lah. Did it come across that she was really looking for someone to, uh, like you said, empathize with how she feel, to know that she was going through a very rough patch probably during that season or during uh, the day? And did your daughter articulate anything else to you? Well, during that night, she didn't reveal to me anything drastic that she went through. But I do know that she is actually in the midst of finding her own identity. So in a natural sense, me and my wife, sometimes we do bring our old experience growing up as children to the way we bring up our own kids. So I am aware that her breakdown is also a contribution of the kind of tension that she needs to manage every day and also in the midst of finding her own self. Thanks, Gerald, for sharing with us that a really poignant example. I think it really brings to mind that first point you told us mm. earlier about checking in with mm. ourselves, you know, how we are feeling, what we are thinking about. Because when we reach that stage of mind, learning to become, learning to be more uh, mindful of the bigger picture, that there may be more than meets the eye sometimes, you know, mm. and then we can tackle the issue better. So for your case, you know, keeping that peace and that calmness disposition so that mm. uh, when you go in to talk with your daughter, mm. you know, it was in that very calm state as well. Uh, not like probably many parents will be familiar on the home front where we'll be barging in yeah. and shouting and screaming yes. and our children for the misbehavior. But in that calm state, you held that space for your daughter to open up and to relate. Mm. And, and in, in your words, you know, you demonstrated uh, empathy. Uh, to her. I thought that was so important. Mm. Uh, and I think this is a, a powerful reminder for all of us as parents to know that, hey, you know, young people, they are going through this process of adolescence where they need our love, our support, our encouragement, our acceptance and our attention. The difference for teenagers is that while younger children need their parents to be in the lead, well, teenagers often just need you to be by their side, you know, to play that supportive role, that listening ear, maybe sometimes withholding judgment uh, upon them. Not all teenagers mean to be ill-mannered and rude and likely as we've all heard from Gerald's story. But yet, this is a common part of teenage growth and development. And more often than not, the child may feel that they are not in control of how they feel due to the intensity which they feel about their emotions. So what are some ways that parents can respond or deal with a teenager's attitude and behavior, especially if some of these actions or responses don't sit well with us parents? Uh, Gerald, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I'll try my best. Maybe a few one-liners. The first one is empathy is open sesame. If we can take a step back and empathize what our children is going through and this is something which is not a closed secret, but it's an open secret. Everyone knows that the generation today, mainly Generation Z, Gen Z, they're not having a good time. Uh, when I look at uh, the young people today, and I compare to my time, they're going through a lot more and they're overwhelmed. I think empathy will really help. So empathy is open sesame and uh, it will bring us to insights that we don't see. 
That's number one. Number two is don't assume to resume. What do I mean? Don't have assumptions about them. Of course, the title of today's podcast seems to allude to that young people, whatever they say, there is meaning behind their actions and speeches or whatever they say, the statements. But the moment we take too much assumption, we cannot resume the conversation. We have to work out from the beginning and work our way in. What will drive us forward will likely be that our concern for them, whether it's our own child or the young person that we are taking care of, that we don't want to lose them. Because once the resuming of the conversation cannot take place, then that's it, right? So these are the two things that probably I will share. And it helped for me, it did. And I hope that uh, the listeners will find it useful also. Indeed, it is so true, Gerald, as you have said. I'm just so inspired by that nuggets of wisdom you have shared about where empathy is open sesame, you know, opening and furthering those conversations with our children uh, and don't make assumptions about them, you know, uh, because some of these assumptions as we carry, it will be a blockage. It will be hard to resume some of these conversations that we want uh, with our children. Now, I am curious to know, how do you juggle and balance these approach? It sounds ideal, but it doesn't sound very easy to handle. And I'm sure innate you would have been tempted or many times to explode or to react. How do you keep yourself uh, in check? How do you manage so that you can literally apply what you just shared? I must be honest, 15 years in youth work and young adults work and being a father for the past 10 years, I've exploded many times. I have slammed doors. I have walked away and I have also mentioned many times I do give up. But of course, sitting here sharing at this podcast, I always turn back. <laughs> I think one of the things that my own struggle that I go through is dealing with my own ego. When we talk to young people and even our own children, because of their attitude, right, it just irks you and it just causes you to have a response. All of us as human beings, we all desire to be respected and honoured, even young children. What more a grown adult like us? But the thing is that if we don't take a step back, then the conversation will break down. I find ways to deal with my ego and my insecurities. So one of the ways is that I find trusted people to talk to and just pour out. And I know these people that I go to do not judge me and they will offer a listening ear. And only at times they interject to process with me what I went through. Um, that helped a lot. My wife is one of the persons that I go to and uh, many times is my wife. <laughs> that really helps. So find a platform where you can pour out and you won't be judged. I think in today's context, a lot of adults will find difficult to find such friends or such platforms, but search for it, they can be found. Second is, I have a mechanism within me to tell myself to walk away. It's perfectly okay to walk away when we know that a volcano is going to erupt. And the eruption will be a situation where we find difficulty to clean up. So it's very okay to walk away, even without giving an explanation. They may have questions, but we can answer them later. 
Because there and then, at that moment, what comes out from our mouth will not be helpful. So have a mechanism within us, learn to walk away. That really helps. And once we have settled down, we can see things clearer and then we can deal with the situation better. I really appreciate, Gerald, for your honesty because uh, you reminded me and I'm sure reminding all the podcast listeners that parenting is never a smooth sailing, never a perfect journey. In fact, there's no perfect parenting. We all, even the best of us, fail in many times. Like you have mentioned earlier, we have raised our voice, we have slammed the doors, you know, but yet uh, it is a humbling journey because each time we pick ourselves up and we try to be better. We try to be better for our families, we try to be better for our children, for our spouse as well. And even as you shared, it really reminded me the importance of that the parenting journey is best done in a community and around a group of trusted people who can keep you accountable, who can encourage you as well. There was a point that you brought up, the last bit where you talk about learning to walk away. And to me, that sounds a little bit like holding space for yourself. And would you like to expound a little bit uh, on that? You know, what does it mean to hold space? Uh, you've, you've shared a little bit of how the importance of holding space for you and how it works out. Mm. How about holding space for the teenagers, for the children? Uh, tell us a little bit more. I think we were brought up in an old way. So as I mentioned, I'm a proud Gen X. <laughs> we were brought up in an old way that um, holding space is not really something that is provided and given to us. Actually, most of the time, we need to recognize that when young people come to us, they are actually not looking for a solution. The very first thought that we have when they come and approach us, we must know that for any young generation to come and talk to an adult, it's a sign of openness. We need to respect that and identify that it means a lot to them and it should mean a lot to us also. If they don't approach us, that means they don't see us as a possible processing platform. So needless to say, even in a parent-child relationship, when our children actually come to us and tell us things, don't brush it off. Don't just take it as an everyday normal drinking water moment, like it's nothing. But when they come to us, it's actually a sacred moment whereby we need to pause and process with them. They are not looking for solutions, in my own observation, they are looking more for affirmation. They are looking more for encouragements. So I'll give you an example. I was leading a group of youths and we were on a project. And in this project, you know, when it was over, we had debrief. And of course, in debrief, we tend to want to share what we observe and what we see. So as an older person, as an adult, the first thing, the first approach was problem solution, problem solution. This is what I observed. This is the solution. So to me, that is debrief. However, when the young people were going through the processing with me, they didn't take it well. So I have a misconception of their definition of what the debrief is all about. So when I share my thoughts, they were giving me feelings and vibe of being offended. So I, as an adult, I become confused, you know. Here we have a debrief and you are asking for uh, advice or debrief pointers and I'm giving you, but the vibe that I'm getting is that you're offended. So as an adult, I'm confused. Yet at the same time, I am offended as well. Why are you like that? 
But it was much later in retrospect when I think through and as I communicated with them, I sensed that they were actually looking for affirmation. They were looking for encouragement that they did do a good job and uh, that was enough for them. So I think to hold the space uh, is not to immediately go in with solutions. There are times whereby we need to embrace the part whereby they are not looking for advice. They just need a space where uh, we can encourage them, affirm them. Maybe sometimes we don't need to say too many things. I would like to add that we are dealing with a generation that is very advanced. <laughs> if I may just describe them as that. Many times I feel that they are a lot more smarter than me because of the information highway. Knowledge is in their fingertips. So they do know what they are doing. We should give them that space and recognize that they can do the job and they don't really need solutions but they need more affirmation and encouragement. Such important truth for us to uh, remember ourselves that the term holding space actually requires us parents to be very intentional to prioritize it and not uh, take it sweepingly you know we got to just put it in the calendar you know and as we enter those space that we hold for our children as i hear what gerald is sharing it requires us to bring our empathy to the picture to empathize what the children are going through and not troubleshoot not going with our guns blazing where we want to solve problems for them because maybe what they really want and desire is just someone to be there to acknowledge how they are feeling to give them the attention and to be that active listener to what they are feeling. So if I could summarize, I think holding space really means being there physically, mentally, and emotionally uh, for them to support them in what they are facing and what they are going through. So thank you so much, Gerald, for sharing with us your experience and some of these handles for uh, our parents, listeners. Before we wrap up this podcast episode, I would like to give you the last words, you know, if you have any parting words for our listeners. I would like to say that it's not easy being a parent it's not easy if you are doing any form of youth work it is not easy i want to encourage the listeners to press in and uh, to recollect why you're doing what you're doing first of all if you are a parent and you're dealing with your children tell yourself that at the end of the day we don't want to lose them to the world and with that that should spur us on to improve to bring the conversations that we have with our children deeper. They are the future. They are the next generation. In fact, they are already here. Their history is still being written. And I think our responsibility as adults, we should be there to help them draw this beautiful future, this picture of the future together with them. Indeed, a strong parent-child relationship is so important and it benefits not just our children, it also benefits us as parents too. While parenting has its fair share of challenges of dealing with misbehaviors, trying to decipher what our teenage children really means, you know, and often we get into those awkward situations or quarrels or tensions with them. I'm sure today in Gerald's sharing, we are reminded that we don't want to end up winning all these battles daily, but lose the relationship with our children. So thank you so much, Gerald, once again, for sharing your nuggets of wisdom with us. For those of us tuning in, we hope you have benefited much from this podcast and feel more confident to know how to communicate with your teenage children. The tween years can be challenging on parent-child relationship. 
but your desire to strengthen your connection will make a difference to help them thrive. Seize this window of opportunity to influence and establish a stronger relationship with your growing child at The Select, Mission 1114, returning this May and with a very special night edition. The Select is a milestone experience for parents and tweens to build deeper connections and share unforgettable memories. You can find out more information at www.family.org.sg slash the select. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast episode. Do feel free to share it with a friend or parent who may benefit from this episode as well. Be sure to catch us on our next Parentnet podcast to learn and grow in your parenting journey. Until next time, have a great week with your family.